When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. episode, I'm introducing you to the third member of the regular co-host team for Sorta Awesome, my very dear friend, Kelly Gordon of lovewellblog.com. Today, Kelly explains how she became the voice in the ear of local news anchors, as well as her secret to perfect meatloaf every time. Later, I ask her what one thing she's always talking about, and her answer is so surprising, I literally laughed out loud. All of that and more, plus our Awesome of the Week, coming right up on Episode 2 of the Sorta Awesome Podcast. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I am so good. It is so good to be here with you, Megan. Yes, I'm so excited. I am so excited we are finally sitting down and recording this first show together. I am too. And I just am... A little giddy, honestly, Yay! to see all of the magic that you've already come, <laughs> yes. come up with. So a lot I can't of wait for it to finally yes. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to go to iTunes and then the magic can be spread to the world. That's right. Yes. Okay. Well, just to give everybody a little bit of context, um, I have known Kelly through blogging for a long time. I'm trying yeah. to do the math in my head. Like the dinosaur age I know, yes. in blogging years. Okay. So I started blogging in 2006. I feel like I have known you through blogging, I feel like at least since 2007. Does that sound right? That's that's when I started blogging. And I was probably commenting on your blog before okay. that, because it was probably 2006 when I discovered the world of blogging. Yes. And that there was this whole community that was forming out there. So I read blogs for a while and commented on yeah. them before I started my own. Do you realize as you're saying that, I'm like, that was almost 10 years ago. What no, it earth? wasn't. I cannot even deal with that. Was Eliza born? Do you remember if Eliza was born when you started? I do sort feel of like she was, but like a toddler, like a okay. baby. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I have known Kelly through blogging for a very long time. We have traveled in the same blogging circles for many years and have gotten to know each other through, um, through our writing and those types of things and um, have gotten to develop an even deeper friendship offline and truly, truly, Kelly is one of those big sister I never had people in my life. I Aww. am always looking to her for advice and hand holding and hair petting of various <laughs> natures and <laughs> for various reasons. So yes. anyway, and a lot I, of kindred spiritness. Yes, Kelly is also an ENFP like I am. Mm -hmm. And she's also married to a very strong, definitive INTJ, mm -hmm. like I am. So Kelly and I have lots and lots of conversations about relationship dynamics and how personality affects this and that. So we will probably in the future completely geek out on personality stuff with you all. So 
Oh, I hope so. Be prepared for that. She, <laughs> Kelly, I know I can always go to her with any kind of personality stuff, not just related to our type and our husband's type, but we both just are pretty fascinated by that. I think it yep. it's maybe it's part of the ENFP thing, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. And just being fascinated by all of life's little quirks and beauties and really diving into it when you have the chance. So it's been a fun journey. And I've loved walking that road with you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So we are actually going to just go ahead and get started on our first episode together. So excited. So we're going to start as we start every episode with sharing our awesome of the week. I know Kelly has something that she has brought. I'm going to I'm going to throw mine out there first because I feel like Kelly's is probably better than mine <laughs> this week. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, we'll see. This is the first time. I'm very nervous. My yeah. hands are shaking. Oh goodness. No need to never stress over the awesome because <laughs> that's what makes it awesome. Yeah. Okay, so my awesome of the week is actually that last week I got a new box from Stitch Fix. Mm. Have you done Stitch Fix? I can't remember. I have not done Stitch Fix. Okay. But I'm super familiar with the concept. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's it's pretty well known in the blogging world, especially in this sort of mom blog world Mm -hmm. in which we travel. Um, So this was probably I I'm thinking back. I think this might have been my fourth Stitch Fix box. Um, I'm thinking. Yeah. So um, I had seen bloggers talk about it for months and months and months before I decided to try it. I was a little skeptical, to be honest, um, because first of all, I'd heard that the prices were a little bit more than maybe I'm used to spending on clothes. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I am such a uh, I'm such a tightwad when it comes to clothing for myself. And I think growing up with um, there was four kids in my family when I was growing up and my mom was a super bargain shopper. (laughs) <laughs> so I feel like, you know, I'm not one to go and just pay retail prices for something. I want to mm-hmm. hit the clearance rack and get the best deal possible. So mm-hmm. I was skeptical about that. And then I was also a little skeptical skeptical because I know, um, you know, I just had read on their website a lot of, you know, information, their FAQs and stuff. And I knew that they only go up to um, size 14 in their sizing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's where I am. And then it's just mm-hmm. a really hard body size to fit. But I have to say, every single time I have gotten a fix, I have been completely wowed by how, like, on the money they were with what they sent. Awesome. And so yes. you like your new box. I like it. Now, I do have to say, I only kept one thing, which that sounds funny. Like, I'm so excited. It was my awesome of the week. I got one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but for each of the things, like, um, there was there was each piece that I ended up sending back. Like, one of them, they always send a little accessory, which, right. I don't know. I could probably ask them not to send accessories, but I'm always hopeful that... Okay, next time they're going to send just the right thing. Right, um, right. But this time they sent a, a necklace that was really beautiful, but it was like a really delicate dangly chain. Okay. And I was like, that would last two seconds with my toddlers <laughs> and it would be destroyed. So, um, and then the other things, like they sent a pair of jeans and bless it, I, I do need to put back in my notes. That's one thing I do love about Stitch Fix is you leave notes for your stylist and they mm-hmm. really, truly, or I feel like they really, truly do listen to uh to what you're telling them um jeans are like super hard for me and I don't even wear jeans that much yeah Yeah. they always have great brands and really cute things but like I just don't wear jeans very often so that was kind of like oh shoot that was my fault I forgot to stick a note in that said no jeans please um one was a dress that I ended up sending back that was darling and it was completely my style but it was just a smidge too small 
Okay. Um, another one was a top that was really cute, but it was plaid. And I have a lot of plaid in my closet already. But so I ended up keeping this really gorgeous, like really rich um, blue. I don't, I feel like there should be like, I, uh, if I was a fashion blogger, maybe I would have the vocabulary to describe (laughs) this blue, but it was really, really pretty uh, blue dolman top, which I have never tried a dolman top on, Um, on the rack. I was really like, I don't know. I know that term, but describe it for me. What is a dolman top? Okay. I'm going to, well, first of all, I'm going to leave a visual in the show notes because I will destroy this (laughs) explanation. (laughs) But so it's a casual type and it's kind of slouchy. And then it has, and I'm showing you, Kelly and I are watching each other. We're talking to each other on Skype right now. So I'm showing her, but it kind of has like this um, extra material. Kind of a drapey? Yeah, Like drapey. a drapey? Yes. yes. Drapey under the arms. It's just like a really relaxed fit. Um, and it was beautiful. And as soon as I put it on, I was like, this is totally a keeper. So even though I only ended up keeping one thing, there's something that just about the surprise of like, here's a box of clothes that I get to try on. Um, and try in, on in your home. In my home. At a time when no one's bothering yes. you. You, know, so you don't have to do it in a changing room where you're like, get down. Don't, don't touch yes. it. Don't crawl under there. Right. Yes. Don't touch that. Don't lick that. Put, get it out of your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Kelly don't also, that. Kelly has four kids like I do and yep, is familiar, familiar yeah. with the struggle of trying to shop for clothes for yourself with your children yes. along. So yes. anyway, that was my awesome of the week. I love Stitch Fix. Another thing about Stitch Fix too is that they just now have come out with a petite line and also maternity. You're kidding. You can now do your maternity shopping through Stitch Fix. Genius. That is absolutely yes. genius of them. I am super thrilled for them that they are doing that. I don't know that I will ever use the maternity shopping <laughs> service as I don't think yeah. you will. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? Yeah, we're not going to go that direction. But that's super smart for them because they know their audience, right? They do, yes. And I do feel like a lot of younger than us women use Stitch Fix. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely, definitely a great ad for them. I did email to ask them, you know, I love that you expanded into petite and maternity. Do you think you'll be expanding into plus sizes anytime soon? They said it's something that they're constantly working on. Mm -hmm. They don't have a a timeline that they could give specifically right now, but that that's something they are very aware of and they're working with their sources. So I'm hopeful that sometime that they'll bump out into plus sizes as well. So Right. Anyway, I loved it. I got new clothes. I got a new top and it's beautiful and it makes me happy every time I look at it and every time yeah. I put it on. So, And awesome. I bet it's something that you probably would not have picked out if you were in a store. Oh. And I think oh. that's what Stitch Fix does yes. to people. It kind of pushes you outside of maybe your normal comfort it, zone. It really does. And I yeah. do have to say, I've heard people say, ugh, I didn't like Stitch Fix. I feel like they totally missed my style. I have to say this. When you sign up for Stitch Fix, they take you through this process where they kind of like give you sample outfits. Like, would you, how would you rate this? How willing, you know, how much does this match your personal style? Those types of things. And that's helpful. But I think what has really made the difference for me is I have a really, um, like I'm super active on Pinterest and pinning to my own personal style board. I basically only use Pinterest now for recipes and clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you just have prioritized. That's what you've done. I have have curated my Pinterest time down to two priorities for me. Um, But I really do very often pin to my Pinterest style board. That link is in my Stitch Fix profile and 
all of my stylists so far that you get a little card with mm-hmm. their explanation of why they picked what they did. You get a styling card where they give you visual ideas of how to style each piece. I love it. It's so helpful. I actually keep the styling cards just because their ideas are super cute and you can like, well, I can, I mean, I guess in my mind just sort of like think, okay, I'm not keeping this particular piece, but I have something similar in my closet right. and I could totally style it this way. So I feel like I'm sort of cheating the system a little bit. Like I'm getting like real stylists ideas on how to style different pieces. But I do feel like they really do look at my boards a lot. Almost every single box they'll say, I saw, you know, I saw that you pinned this really similar dress, like the dress that they sent this time. This looks really close to something you had just pinned. So that's why I chose this for you. So I think that having a Pinterest board like that or some kind of something where you can be like, this is the style that I like. The more information you give your stylist, the better your fixes are, I feel like. So, right. I have spent. I think a... that's the beauty of Pinterest, really, yes. is that you can kind of collect these things in a really simple oh, way totally. digitally mm-hmm. that can help you see yes. what your style really is or help a stylist yes. really see what your style is. Totally. Totally. So, mm-hmm. even though, going back to what you asked, I would never have picked up this top because. Again, I just felt like, well, it's it's kind of a slouchy, drapey look. And with my particular body type, I don't know how that's going to look. I probably never would have picked it up off the rack. But when I actually put it on, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is darling. Where have you been all my life? Yes. So anyway, so I am loving it. That's my awesome of the week. Awesome. So... Okay, so here's my awesome of the week. Okay. And it goes to your Pinterest when you said your boards yes. have come down to clothing and food. Yes. My awesome of the week is food. Yes, bring it on. <laughs> bring it. So we're just going to do a really, I was trying to think, it's, it was hard for me. I will, I will share this. It was hard for me to pick a first awesome of the week <laughs> because I kind of have a Lego movie of, in my head. <laughs> Everything is awesome. It was hard for me to narrow it down to one thing. But this yes. is what I thought. If I was sitting across a table, a literal table from you at a coffee shop, yes. and I thought, what would I want to tell you? something that has been in my life that has been super practical and has made me happy. Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. been a dish that I found this winter Bring and it it's on. a healthy meal okay. and my family likes it. Yes. That's huge, right? Huge. It's not just me. I have, a, you know, I like a lot of things, but the yes. kids are like, um, yes. no, no, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is that? Yes. So it is a Chipotle glazed turkey meatloaf. Oh my gosh. And you this serve it amazing. with I know mashed sweet potatoes. <gasps> oh, and yes. really, right there, that could be a you meal. Just you sold could, me right yeah, there. you could, I'm like supplement it with some other veggie or, or you know bread or whatever you want to do. Like yes. I think on the pictures of it, they just have it with like limes if you want to just be ultra healthy. But here's the thing: is it's got turkey, yes. so it's kind of a different sort of a meatloaf. Yes, but it's really super simple to make. It's got that chipotle, oh you know, gosh, the adobo. I, yes, it's a wonderful Mexican seasoning, I and you you glaze it with sauce. that. Yes. And then you put it in the oven on a tray. I actually, here's my little secret. The recipe says, and we can, I'm sure in the show notes, oh, put yes. a link right oh, yes. to the recipe. Totally. The recipe says, like most meatloaves, they want you to cook it in a bread pan, in a loaf pan. Yeah. yeah. But I read years ago that, of course, the best part of meatloaf is the crusty stuff oh, yeah. on the outside. Yes. So just shape it like a loaf, like shape it into a brick okay. and cook it that way. So you so, don't even put it in a loaf pan. No. What, what kind of pan do you use then? I just put it on a tray, put it on a baking sheet. And the juice put, doesn't dribble out everywhere? A little bit. I put tinfoil down okay. because I don't even like to scrub. So I put some okay. tinfoil down okay. and I shape it into a loaf and then you glaze it with the sauce, you know, with whatever. Fantastic. In this case, it's a chipotle sauce. Yes. 
and a little bit of the liquid comes out, but not much. It's amazing. And it does get, oh, then and you I guess have, since it's turkey, it doesn't have the fat. It's already lean. It right. It's leaner the, than most. Okay. I was thinking about a, a ground beef meatloaf, but yeah, I bet a turkey meatloaf. Yeah. But I've done ground beef that way okay. too. And it works. Mm. It still works. So, I mean, You're you do lose my a little bit here. of the juice, but you know, you get all that crusty, yes. yummy, crunchy salty stuff so that's there and then what they have you do is just around it on the same pan or in the same oven you bake sweet potatoes okay at the same time so you can put it all in the oven at once and go help with homework or <laughs> break up a fight break or whatever fight. you need to yes. do <laughs> <laughs> while dinner is cooking and then you come back the last few minutes of when the meatloaf is cooking you take those baked sweet potatoes out and you you know how Baked sweet potatoes are really easy to peel. The yes. peel gets all, yes, pulls yes. away from the flesh of the potato. Mm. So you peel those, throw those potatoes in a pot and just use a masher and mash them up with some oh olive oil gosh. and salt. And they are wonderful. I mean, the whole meal, I'm, I'm actually kind of all hungry now I'm because starving. I have described that myself into. Delicious. I'm like, can yeah. I go to the store and get some turkey so I can right. make a meatloaf tonight? That sounds amazing. And it was just fun. It was kind of a different sort of meal. I think that's why I liked it. Yeah. Was, you know, turkey meatloaf with also this kind of Mexican inspired sauce. And it's kind of a, to me, it's a springy sort of thing because you want to put cilantro with it. Okay. I know we have a cilantro (gasps) difference, but your cilantro away from me. You don't have to, you don't have to put cilantro on Do not ruin this delicacy with cilantro. For people who don't like cilantro, totally optional. You do not have to put soap on your meatloaf. That's not what I'm saying. Thank you. But lime Lime is almost a necessity, oh, yeah. like squeeze lime on the whole right. thing. And so it's kind of that spring, like we're all coming back to yes. life. Wake up your taste buds Ooh, and yeah. hopefully your family likes it sort of yes. a meal. Yes, that yeah. sounds incredible. We will totally link that because I'm going to be making that this week. I am yeah. starving. That sounds so good. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about kids and meals for just a second really fast. I, did, yeah. I mean, this is just off the cuff, but so you, like I said, you have four kids um, and, the, and they range in age from... Four and a half, four and he a would half. tell you. Oh, yes. Four and a half. Got to get the half you know, Very important. Yes. To 13. So now, I mean, you've moved past toddlerhood. So mm-hmm. you have your kids around the table. Do you do the whole, like, you have to do a no thank you helping kind of thing if it's not their favorite? Like, you know, I fall victim, especially in toddlerhood, to just like, what will they eat? Here, yogurt and fruit for every meal. Maybe some peanut butter <laughs> and milk. I mean, if they'll eat it. I'll serve it. And now, especially now that I have two toddlers and I know that's terrible. I shouldn't be doing that, but it's just so much, you know, I get so stressed out when they're not eating anything. But, but one great thing, the the girls, you know, at 10 and seven and a half are, (laughs) you know, they understand like this is dinner you will eat and this is what you are offered. And, you know, if you don't eat now, you're going to be hungry later kind of thing. Like they've moved into that place of mentally being able to understand that so it's not not a concern anymore so at your house though how does it because I know you're a pretty adventurous cook I I am yeah so how does that go over we haven't talked about yet, but my husband who travels yes, lots of times. Yes, yes, So that's made a difference in how I approach mealtime with my kids too. So I'll take, I'll say, this is what I do. When he's gone, mm-hmm. I cook more kid-friendly sorts of foods. I okay. think about what will they eat right. and what, not necessarily that everybody is going to be jumping up and down about right, because right. they, you know, it seems right. like there's never one thing that they're sure. all excited about. Mm-hmm. 
but generally speaking, and meals that are fairly easy for me to cook. So this could probably be a whole other show because I've had to develop a a whole (laughs) repertoire of recipes that I can tackle, but that aren't when Corey first started to travel and the kids were younger, I will say this, I think that makes a difference that they're a little older. It was survival mode when he was gone. Oh, absolutely. So it was grilled cheese and mm-hmm. pancakes and waffles and chicken nuggets. Yes. Ad nauseum. Yes. But I got tired of that. And then I thought, this is half of our life at this point. Right. You know, we, we don't want to be eating this way all the time. So I had to kind of find a compromise. Yes. So the weeks that he's gone, I cook a little bit more kid-friendly. Okay. The weeks that he's home... All bets are off as far as they're concerned, and I, they know that. I've said, I'm not cooking for you anymore. I'm cooking for our whole family yes. and to expand your palate beyond just orange foods, right. which is what they would eat, right? You know, yes. mac and cheese and right. Cheetos and all yes. the things that are orange mm-hmm. that are unhealthy. Of course. <laughs> not not yes. carrots so much, although not they do so like carrots. Not much with the carrots and the, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be orange. They're not, they don't have the soul of orange food that they're looking for. <laughs> But when he's home and I'm cooking this kind of food that they may or may not like, we have kind of staggered rules. So for the four and a half year old, our rule right now is he has to try a bite. Okay. Right. So like the no thank you helping is what we call it. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So last night, it was St. Patrick's Day. That's the time we're recording this. Yes. I made a cabbage dish that was new to me mm-hmm. because I feel like I should. Yeah. <laughs> I have it Irish was, in my blood. It was your responsibility, of course. It was right. Yes. And we're not going to eat corned beef. Like that's one. I'm going to draw the line there. Okay. But I was making mashed potatoes and I was like, I should make cabbage. So I made this cabbage dish and that's a whole other topic. But my kids were, let's say, not enthused about the cabbage. <laughs> Actually, my husband, who will eat almost anything, was not enthused about the cabbage. <laughs> you were like, like, I regret this decision. Yes. <laughs> So I ate a lot of cabbage for dinner last night because it would all go to waste. But I said, you know, just one bite. So they, you know, they tried it. And my daughter, the one who is the oldest one, she's 13. She said, actually, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. That was like the best compliment we could get. But she tried it. She didn't have to eat everything on her plate. Um, Other nights when I'm not making something that's brand new, that's cabbage. For our older kids who are 14 and 11, Mm -hmm. our rule is you eat it all. Like you can... If you're going to get a treat now, so we say if you're going to eat all your food mm-hmm. that I'm putting on your plate, fruit, vegetables, you know, protein, then you can get a treat. But I don't know. Sometimes we just vary on whether they can actually just walk away and say, I'm not hungry right. or I don't want to eat it. Right, right. Um, the seven-year-old, she can walk away mm-hmm. and said, I'm, the, a treat is not worth eating sure. that. Yes. And yes. the four-year-old for sure. Yeah. And he walks away a lot of nights. In fact, his new thing He'll eat what he wants, whatever it is, if it's mm-hmm. the meat or the potatoes. And then he'll say, I don't want to treat. I'm done. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> he knows. Right. So that's how we tackle it is kind of in okay. an age thing because yes. you're right. When they're little, to some degree, you do just have to be wise. And yes. maybe this is because we both have four kids, but you yes. say fight your battles. Yes, totally. Where totally. you want to fight them mm-hmm. and don't don't fight every battle all the time. You'll just collapse. Exactly. That's so true. And especially by dinner time, like I don't have a lot of fight. I don't have a yes. lot of fight in me. And, and whatever I do have left, I got to save for bath and bedtime. So yes. <laughs> There's just some practical reality there. So, you know, you said, I feel bad even saying this. And I'm thinking you shouldn't feel bad, sister, because this is the way of women. And we know we give each other grace and we say, you know, 
ideally, yes, we would all be sitting down to a completely organic, no yes, carb, right. you know, dinner every night. And that's just not reality all the time. So we do the best we can. Totally. Okay. Well, thank you for that insight. That's really good. And you know what? I think maybe we should in the future do a segment where we talk about like best kid-friendly meals that, you mm-hmm. know, in the repertoire that you go back to over and over. So we'll, we'll uh, sort of put that on the shelf for another day because that I'm sure is super interesting okay okay so as you all know who are listening at this point uh, for each of my regular co-hosts I've put together a short interview to introduce them to you all so you can get to know them better since they're going to be with us on a regular basis so right now I'm going to go ahead and start grilling Kelly she is now officially in the hot seat (laughs) as I ask her these things and again if you missed the very first show of Sorta Awesome you can go back to the very first episode and I answer all of these questions as well so I'm not making them reveal anything that I haven't also revealed to you all so you can go back to that first episode and hear my answers to these questions but for now it is Kelly's turn so Kelly I want to start with asking you if you wouldn't mind to take five minutes to just kind of tell us your life story and you know as both of us as ENFPs this is basically the question that we want to ask every single person that we ever meet like amen let's sit down right here where we are and I just need to hear your life story really quickly yeah (laughs) so so it's a good exercise for us to try to do it yes it is instead of just ask other people to do it exactly okay so five minutes your life story here we go Okay. So when I was thinking about this question, because you so graciously were able to prepare me a little bit so that I didn't have to right now (laughs) deer in the headlights. I was thinking, you know, one of the things that I really love is regionalisms, you know, all the different ways that our country is different. I mean, the whole world, you can talk about cultural differences forever Mm, with me because it's just super fascinating. So So I thought I would tackle it a little bit that way because I've moved a little bit. So I was born in Cincinnati, which is... Yes, okay. it, it's. I actually lived in northern Kentucky. If you know that region, it's divided by the Ohio River. So we lived across the river, but the major city there was Cincinnati. Okay. I lived there when I was little. Uh, my father was a pastor. Mm-hmm. He's retired now, so that's why I say was, but he was a senior pastor our whole lives. I am the oldest of four. Mm-hmm. So I was born, actually, my mom gave birth to me, I think the day or the before or the day that the church actually voted him to be senior pastor. Oh, wow. And he was in his 20s and it was a fairly large church. Oh, wow. So it, they kind of laughed. They said, you kind of gave us legitimacy, you know, <laughs> yes. I'm a father now. I can yes. do this. Yes, I can handle it. So we were there um, for a few years. We moved when I was between second and third grade um, to Dallas and lived there for a year. Okay. And I don't have a ton of memories of that area, but of course I say that's why I can truly say y'all. Yes. Which, and it, it like, rolls right off your tongue. Like it a does. Native. Especially now that I have so many friends yes. like you who say it genuinely. Authentically. I say yes. it all the time now. Uh-huh. People look at me funny in Minnesota <laughs> where I live now. Like, but I'm like, no, that? no, 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 no. I can say y'all and all y'all. All so, y'all. It's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I lived in Dallas for one year, people. So back <laughs> off. Um, when I was 10, we moved to Minnesota. And this is where I live now. It's not where I've always lived. But um, this is really the place that because I was in fourth grade, you know, there was just a lot of becoming still for your life, of oh, course. Yeah. So even though I remember that transition of childhood, this is really my home. So because my dad was a pastor, I think a good thing to note in my life story is that I grew up 
really deep inside the American evangelical Christian bubble mm, because sure. I was at church every yes, time it was opened. Right. And my parents were uh, big believers in Christian schooling. So I went to Christian schools. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I did that when we lived here and really only knew people, you know, that believed like I did. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I was in high school, I was in ninth grade, and I started to get to know kids more in my youth group at my church. And their faith, which is a big part of my life, um, seems so much more genuine <laughs> than anybody that I knew at my Christian school. So I switched at that point to public school, and it was so good for me. Like I look back, and it was just, it woke up my faith. It made so many things become real to me. Sure, so, sure. That's let, me, an, let me interrupt yeah. you and just ask really quickly. I never knew that part of your story. Mm-hmm. Did you, like, how did you pro- approach your parents about that? Did you, did you just out and out say, like, I feel like my public school friends, you know, challenge me more in my faith? Or if they were already big believers in Christian schooling, how did that transition work on That's their end? That's a good question. It's a really good question. And I think it was scary for them, honestly. My brother, who is three years younger than I, and I both went to them the same year wow. and said, we went out. And the funny thing was, is that up to that point, of course, Christian school is a sacrifice for almost any parent oh, yeah. who chooses it because sure. it's, you know, there's tr- not transportation is usually not involved. Right. So they were driving us and tuition is expensive. Sure. And so they used to kind of threaten us, you know, as parents do <laughs> in a nice way. I mean it in a nice way. But like, if you don't, do you want to leave the school? Oh, no, please don't let me make me leave the school. Don't, don't, make me go to, don't make me go to public school with the heathens. <laughs> with the heathens, with the people who are going to ask me, you know, to do horrible things. So they always, you know, that was the, the way that our relationship was. And then all yes. of a sudden in one year, my brother and I both went to them and said, we need to get out. So it like wow. the paradigm shifted yes. for them. Okay. And they, they saw that. We, we asked for different reasons. I was pretty honest about my faith saying, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like this is a stagnant puddle Mm -hmm. over here and I need to get out into a bigger pond. And my brother just wanted to play sports (laughs) because our Christian school didn't have any. Those completely legitimate reasons. Totally. totally. Okay. (laughs) So that was how it happened. And I think that on, uh, to their credit, it was a little scary for them to send us off. I was a sophomore and he was in middle school to, you know, the big bad public school. Yeah. But really I look back at that and I'm so glad they enabled us to take that step because it was so important to my faith and to my relationship with God and how I viewed the world. It was a really good step. So awesome. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just, just as a parent, just think, cause you know, you know, I've talked about schooling stuff a lot. It's always on my mind. So that just really struck me. I never knew that you had approached them about leaving Christian school to go to public school. So, okay. Sorry. Didn't mean to get you off track. That's okay. No, it's, it's, you know, we can go back because that actually just seeing that God was bigger Mm, than mm -hmm. I had imagined and being with people. It was so refreshing to me to be with people who didn't all believe the exact same thing. I was ready to do that, you know? So the the funny thing in some ways is that I went back to a Christian college to get my degree. And Mm -hmm. I actually even went a year early in Minnesota. There's a program called post-secondary education where you can obtain college credit. You can actually Mm -hmm. go to college and the state pays for it. Sure. Okay. So my senior year of high school, I went to college full time because I knew what I wanted to do. Uh And that was a thing that was kind of funny about me. Actually, I had like eight different careers. That's very, (laughs) right. I I was like, okay, how do I choose one? People were going, what am I going to do with my life? And I'm like, I have two, I have, I need more lives. (laughs) I need more lives to get done all the things that I want to do. But I relate to that 1000%. Okay. Yes, I know you do. But (laughs) 
my thing, my number one was journalism. So I wanted mm-hmm. to go and tell other people's stories. I loved the medium of um, especially video journalism. So that's what I did. So um, went to school, got my degree in journalism, and pretty quickly got married. My husband and I, uh, before I had graduated from college, we got married. And as soon as I was done, we were like, we are so out of Minnesota. It is like so dang cold yeah, here. Yeah, we're out of here. We are done. And so we moved like to the opposite end of the spectrum, Phoenix. That that's is. what you do. That's so radically it, different. And it didn't really go all that well. I wouldn't <laughs> say that it is a recipe for success in any way for you to grow as a person right. or as a married couple. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that was a chapter that is a little dark. But we eventually, we were only in Phoenix for about half a year. We moved to San Diego and then we were there for about 10 years. Oh my gosh. Um, and I loved so California. Really, Minnesota is where I grew up and where I live now, but my personality is pretty evenly split between mm-hmm. kind of my Midwestern up North roots and my California spirit because yes. California is my people. Like, yes. you know, no hose wearing, flip flop, right. suntanned, mm-hmm. hang out mm-hmm. by the beach, whatever, man. Whatever. It's good. Are a gorgeous blonde too. So, and I will have you'll you all will be able to see her picture on uh, the co-host page. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you look like California for real. You do. So, <laughs> well, I'll take that as a compliment because I'm, sh- I'm sure when y'all moved out there that you probably got mistaken as a native. Because I mean, seriously, like you just have that sort of aura about yes, you in some ways and I think that especially because the personality fit um yes. so I I worked in I was always a waitress like through a food server through college and mm-hmm. even high school to make money so I was there too it was a good job to go back and forth you know when you move to a new community and are looking for a job you can almost always find oh, a yeah. wait waiting table sort of sure. job mm-hmm. so I worked at a group of community newspapers in San Diego that were right along the beach So there's all these little beach towns. And so I just, you know, just drinking that in that culture of California. And I just thought these, this is like home to me. It really is. So I loved being there and I loved working. Eventually I worked most of my time there at the NBC station as a TV news producer and loved it. Kind of got burned out. (laughs) um, So producing new segments, Mm -hmm. that's what you did, right? I produced new shows actually. So like the whole half hour. Okay. So I'm just going to, again, derail you. You're going to want to kill me by the totally time this fine. is over. So it's going to take more than five minutes. That's n- all. <laughs> just like, what would, what would your typical day look like then? Like, were you, were you actually doing any like interview type things or were you just like the nuts and bolts of production? What, what was, what would that mean to produce a news show? Well, I, the first thing I always told people when they found out that I worked at KNSD, they would say, oh, well, I see you on TV. And I'm like, only if something goes drastically wrong. <laughs> like my point. Only if the studio is on fire. <laughs> like, like it, or maybe I'm running behind somebody. <laughs> uh, my job was to, as a producer of a newscast, you are in charge of the whole newscast. So you're deciding what stories Okay. are going to run in your newscast, what order they're going to run in, okay. to some degree, possibly what reporters cover what, although okay. you work as a team with the other newscasts and the assignment desk, who's actual like command central of a newsroom, they assign okay. stories to reporters and photogs who go okay. out and actually you know, get the information. Occasionally, I did do interviews over the phone, or I would write up a list of questions. If it was a shorter story, mm-hmm. I could say to a photographer, you know, we don't really need a reporter's presence on this mm-hmm. because a reporter puts together what's called in any other business, it would be called a story. And TV news, if a reporter does the whole thing, it's called a package. Okay. And so a reporter, when they 
you know, when the anchor tosses the reporter and the reporter says, thanks, Bob. Here's what's breaking tonight. (laughs) And then they they go to a whole story that's called a package. So they would produce that whole thing. If it's a smaller thing that the anchor just reads Mm -hmm. and there Mm -hmm. might be a little soundbite from somebody. Right. I could do that in the sense that I could write up my questions, send it with a photographer who would just ask it and bring it back. And then they would edit the tape to go under what the anchor reads. But what my job was mostly was to write. I wrote the intros. I wrote a lot of the other stories. I had writers who worked for me as well. And then also the biggest, and this is kind of the funnest part of TV news, but also the part that kind of fries you is you're responsible for ordering the show and also dealing with any interruptions or breaking news stories. So you could in the morning meeting say, well, I think this would be a great story and then I'm going to go this and then I'm going to do this and this and this, but it's constantly changing. And inevitably, if a half an hour before your show, there's a car wreck, an accident, or let's be honest, this was Southern California. Michael Jackson was seen on the freeway somewhere. Yes. Oh my word. Deploy the helicopters. Break up your show. It does not matter that there are people hungry in Africa anymore. Michael Jackson is on the freeway, people. (laughs) You're you're like so scrambling. Yeah. Okay. And so you would have to like on the fly right then yes. reorder the whole show that you'd already yes. ordered out. And, and it's fine new adjust. tape and what's coming in. And you're also talking to your anchors. You know, if you've ever yes. seen a TV show or a movie yeah, where the yeah, anchors are like holding their ear. The, the, holding they're their like, piece, wait, yes. wait, I'm hearing So this. we're the voice in their ears, oh, like telling them. You're going, the voice. Oh, we're the voice <gasps> in the movie. You have connected so many dots with just that sentence. Okay. So that's what I did. I was really a writer and you really, in the sense of producing, taking many disparate parts and putting them together. That's what I did. Okay. I love it. Okay. I never knew. I knew that you worked behind the scenes in news, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know that that was specifically what you were doing. Yeah. That is amazing. Okay. Get back to your life. Yeah. So, so that's what I did. But because of that, you think about that kind of pace and I loved that kind of pace. Like it was, yes, exactly. And you don't really... You know, like in a lot of professions, and certainly ours is not in, how do I say this without saying it sound bad? There are people who work 24-7 who are noble, who are doctors and EMTs. Yes. And we're like, you know, TV news people. But yeah, we did work 24-7. You didn't have, right. you know, people worked overnights. You never had holidays that were for sure off and that sort right. of thing. So just the hours were hard on, our, again, on our marriage and just on me. Yeah. So eventually I actually went and took a completely kind of, different pace job at a Christian college in San Diego called Point Loma Nazarene University. They're also right on the beach, beautiful Mm. campus. And I did media relations there and then went from there to be what I think is probably described as the worst high school teacher in the history of the world. (laughs) You hold that title. Everyone else can relax. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That is me. For at least a year and a half, I love teenagers. Actually, I met my husband because we were youth group leaders Mm -hmm. and thought, how I hard could it be? I could teach high school. <laughs> I know. And it was a high school that was a private high school that actually had media. So I'm teaching media. So I'm like, I'm not responsible for somebody right. who's actually has to take this skill in the sense of like reading, writing, taking, you know, ACTs. Right. This yes. is an elective. Right. Yes. And I was abominable at it. Like I had no teaching methods, no experience, no curriculum. Oh, my word. It was so bad. It was an utter disaster. But it was it taught me a lot. I'm a better person today than I used to be, really. I mean, and I did have fun, and I had um, some amazing students. And so it wasn't yeah. like it was a total disaster, but it's, it was, there were some very trying moments, let's just say. <laughs> so at that point, something happened that really changed the trajectory of our lives, and it was something that we had not really pursued, and that was I got pregnant. Okay. And we had spent the first, we had been married for about eight years at that point, did not want kids. Like, that just was not going to be our thing. Whoa. And then... 
we, as they say, pulled the goalie. Like, well, why not? Let's just see what happens. And boom. And what happened And was... what happens, happens. <laughs> and so I got pregnant and was very, um, okay, I guess we're doing this. And Natalie was born. And when they laid her in my arms, mm-hmm. I honestly think something in my DNA shifted mm. because I had spent, you know, almost 30 years of my life up to that point going, kids, whatever. Yeah. No part of my life dream. And here was this little baby placed in my arms. Mm-hmm. And I looked down at her and I thought, <gasps> I had never fallen in love so fast, so hard. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. That is so, so beautiful and so true. So, and so, so true. It's true. And I don't think it's that way for every parent, you know, sure. sure, it's sure, always sure. happened that way, but it happened that way for me. And all of a sudden I could not imagine doing anything mm-hmm. but being a stay-at-home mom. The thing that I had always sworn I would never do, right? like even under threat of torture. Yes. And I loved it. So since Natalie was born, we moved back to the Midwest, to the Minnesota area, and then eventually to the Twin Cities when she was not quite two. And then so we had three other kids. As you said, we have four. Yes. So we had Connor and then Taylor and then Kieran. So there's girl, boy, girl, boy. Yes. We're now 14, 11, 7, and 4 and a half. And a half. And I've been at home with them um, ever since Natalie was born as a stay-at-home mom. And really, I've said this to a number of people, one of the biggest surprises of my life, and I think God smiling at me like, I so know better than you, is that I have loved it. Yeah. Being home with my kids. Love it. Love it. And so, um, Corey, as you mentioned earlier, just because I'm sure this will come up in future episodes, Corey has a job and has had for quite a while, it seems like, um, where he travels a lot during yes. during the week. Um, and so that, I'm sure, plays a huge role in just the dynamic around the house. So, Yeah, he's always traveled some, but it was probably, I would say, the last five or six years that it really got to be almost uh, every other week sort of schedule. Right, right. right. So when, and like you said, that's kind of a a whole separate show because of what the dynamics of that does to your family and all of that. It does help a lot now Mm -hmm. that our kids are older, you know, when they're little babies and just so desperate to get a break. And we didn't have family who lived near us at the time. Right. So, you know, you're just on your own as a single, I say solo parent because I have so much respect for my friends who are true single parents. Yes. Yes. Who don't even have a spouse to talk to at the end of the day or worse have a spouse who wants to yell at them at the end of the day because of, you know, custodial rights and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, it's not, we're not on that same level, but Mm -hmm. yet solo parenting requires its own sort of magic. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It does. Okay. Well, that might even play into what I'm going to ask you next, which is, you know, all of us have things going on. Like we can all certainly sit down and give you a rundown on the wonderful, beautiful things that are going on in our lives. But all of us have our challenges that we're facing down every day too. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of the challenges that you're facing right now in this current moment in life? I think the biggest challenge is kind of, it goes from what I was just saying, which is that I have kids who are now four and a half to 13. Mm. And so I'm out of that toddler stage and that baby stage. And there's as much as I loved my babies, I was just looking at some old video this morning of Kieran, my youngest, just a couple years ago. And he's this chubby faced little mm-hmm. guy. And he's like, hi, mama, you know yes. how they talk. And yes. you're all, oh, it's so sweet. But, but it's wonderful to be here. I will say yes. that as well. Yeah. To just be able to have a little bit more autonomy and I feel a little bit of freedom coming back to me that I've just not had sure. in a long time. But with that, 
the challenge that I'm facing is that I have all these different age kids. And so my life is getting ready to change in really dramatic ways this year of 2015, because next school year in September, when everybody goes back to school, I will have a high schooler, brand new. Mm-hmm. Natalie will go to high school. My second will go to middle school. And then my baby will go to kindergarten and it will be all wow. day, every day kindergarten, which none of my kids have done up yeah. to this point. So I, I feel like my whole being right now is focused on the fact that these last few months of this school year are all that I have left of life as I know it. Yes. As I've come to say, this is, I've been at home and we've all, even up till now, we all still have the same start time for school, mm-hmm. you know, so Basically, anyway, my kids get picked up for the bus at 30 and school starts for even since Natalie's at a Christian school, mm-hmm. um, even though she's in eighth grade, she still starts at 850. You know, we're just we've been on the same routine for a long time. And I've always had somebody at home. So Kieran goes to preschool a few mornings a week this year, which, again, that was life changing. First yes. time I even had some time yeah. to myself that wasn't like paid child care. Right. Um, but I feel this weight of change that's coming Mm. like a wave that's coming towards you and you can see it approaching and you know it has all kinds of energy to it yes and you're going oh I just want to surf it well yeah so I'm right now I'm just enjoying the relative calm that we have and and storing up all this energy for the new life stage that approaches me yeah I can't wait to see what the coming months are going to bring for you that's going to be really huge right because not only does it change my kids but I'm thinking then do I go back to work and and if I do what do I do and it's just I think that when you have especially young children you look down at them Mm -hmm. and I think that's the way it should be but it's like right now I feel like my eyes are starting to look out again on the horizon and I haven't really looked out (laughs) you know in a sustained sort of way for a long time for a long time I cannot wait to see what is around the bend for you I love that idea of like like a wave I love that Mm -hmm. that's so so appropriate so okay well the last thing I wanted to ask you then is what is the thing that you are just always talking about that you have so much enthusiasm for that you're so into that you find you are always bringing it up to people, whether they want to hear about it or not. Oh my word. Okay. So I laughed at this question because I thought I bet I could take a survey of my friends and they would answer the right thing. Yes. 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 (laughs) Which is really okay. We've already talked about food. So I'm going to say, obviously I love to talk about food and recipes. I love to cook. Yes. So, you know, my awesome thing of the week is a demonstration of that. But the other thing that is kind of geeky that I will talk anybody's ear off is weather. (laughs) I love to talk about the weather. I love the weather. I am fascinated by it. And my friends joke, but they are not really joking, that they will call me and say, I don't even watch the weather anymore, Kelly, because I will call you and say, so do I need a sweatshirt on Friday or not? Kelly has texted me to be like, you know, you're under a tornado warning, right? (laughs) And sometimes I don't know. And I'll be like, well, thank goodness that Kelly knows. <laughs> True story, people. And if you just want to send me your you know, zip codes, I will also be watching the weather for you because this is what I do. That is amazing. Have you always, like as a kid, were you into it? Is this something that developed when you worked in the newsroom? Tell me the history of your obsession with weather. You are the only person I know. <laughs> I know. So that's why I see. I sh- is weather. <laughs> this is called bearing your most geeky soul on the interwebs people. Yes. 
Um, I have always been obsessed with weather. And I think, you know, do you look back at your childhood self and just feel so much like she was so pitiful in some ways, but yet you love her so much? (laughs) Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yes. Because I look back at some of the things I did when I was, you know, upper elementary, maybe middle school age. Like I used to tape. This is dating me. I taped things. On the the VCR. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Not even the VCR. Like on my actual tape recorder. On your boombox? Yes. On my (laughs) boombox. I would tape the intros to TV shows. And I recorded like all of the 80s best TV shows. Like the A-Team, the Cosby Show, the Facts of Life, which we weren't even allowed to watch. Like all of these. You know, I know. It's a whole like, you know, Christian sub sort of thing that's just really weird but I I taped all of these like that was my you know like I made that a mission like one summer so somewhere in my basement I have an actual tape of all of these like things and I would keep it on pause and I would unpause it and I would hold the boom box up to the tv this is the best thing I've ever heard and I like I made my own radio station K-L-L-Y oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) so this is the child that you're talking about right so it should not surprise you that because I grew interested in the weather and my dad grew up on a farm so I think he was also interested in weather and probably passed it to me because it's no, Real I, that, information. Is, that is legit. Um, yes. My mother-in-law grew up on a farm and she is very sensitive to the weather. Not yes. like, I mean, I wouldn't say that she geeks out about Not it, like but she me. like, she keeps an eye on it way more than I do. I yeah. think that that does influence because as you know, people who are in agriculture know you are really yes. um, like the actual winds of fortune, yes. <laughs> literally and metaphorically, uh, influence your your uh, profit and, and those types of things in a very real way. So I do think that that has a big part. It's to your do. life. And yeah. I think probably here in Minnesota, you know, we're so far away from the moderating effects of the ocean yes. that just like Oklahoma to some degree, we get all kinds of weather. So it is a big thing. If you live in a place like San Diego, I love see I love you San Diego but there's no weather there. There's, there's no, weather. no weather there. And so It's just gorgeous every single just, day. It, like it is. you get up and it's, check the weather. It's a gorgeous day in San Diego. In every San day. Diego. So true story because I worked in TV in both markets in Minneapolis and in San Diego. You know, Minneapolis the weather is so important. It is we can put a commercial break in the middle of the weather because people will stay tuned yes. to find out what else is happening. There's so much news to report. Right. In San Diego the weather was the very end of the newscast. It got maybe two minutes on a very good day. Lots of times it was 20 seconds because I'd say, Joe, and we had the only, at the time, the only meteorologist in San Diego worked at our station, like a real licensed, I went to school yeah, for yeah. this meteorologist, mm-hmm. not just a cute not, person. Not the cute who weather was like, girl. Yeah, not right. the cute weather girl. And I'd say, I'm sorry, you know I feel for you. I mean, I am a weather geek. I would sit in his little <laughs> office and we would talk weather. And I'd say, but how long does it take to say, sunny and 70 the rest of the week? See you tomorrow, folks. <laughs> Yeah. That's all it is. That's all it is. Right. But here in the Midwest, it's important and it's always oh changing and it's yes. dramatic. It's dramatic. Well, so. I don't know if Corey's told you this. I know he spent some time in Oklahoma City. Um, mm-hmm. In Oklahoma City, like the weather is the thing. Yeah. Like that's, we don't have um, cable anymore. I don't really watch TV, but, you know, just growing up here, like everything leads with the weather. And when we have storms even when i was growing up it used to just be tornadoes but now it's even thunderstorms or you know if we're going to have a big snow event like network tv shuts down they stay on local coverage yep it is a thing in oklahoma city in oklahoma yes. so i can only imagine that you would be like completely just like <laughs> looking at your face right now and you're like, 
we're just I'm beaming so sorry. thinking about I it. Am. I really am. And th- I will say this. This is true. I kind of moved back to the Midwest from San Diego because it was <laughs> I, I needed more weather. I needed more going on. So I regret that decision about this time of year. <laughs> I'm like, you know, actually 70 and sunny, Kelly, was really nice. It's really not something you would believe. Yeah. It, it did get kind of boring. And yeah, as a kid, I, I remember a summer where I kept my own weather stats all the time. And I would call the airport weather line oh, to yeah. get the official like mm-hmm. weather. Mm-hmm. And I would record it in my notebook. And they didn't record, um, they didn't report, I'm sorry, relative humidity back then. Uh-huh. And I needed that for my own little brainiac mind. And so I would like wait. They would say, if you have further questions, please wait on the line. And I would end up with somebody at the airport who took the weather. And I'd be like, every day. <laughs> So what was the relative humidity today? And then I would record it. And, you know, after about a month of that, they started to report the relative humidity on the actual line. (laughs) So I think I may have actually changed the course of weather in Minnesota. You did change the course of weather in Minnesota single-handedly. That completely redeems your short stint as the worst high school teacher in the history of Yeah, I would like to think so. Yeah. yeah, That's what I will talk about. I could talk about it forever to anybody. And I just love to find out what your weather is today and that all is of it. Amazing. It's... I love it. I love it. You're like I said, you are the only person I know with that much enthusiasm for it. And I it almost it, it like inspires me to be like, I should know what's going on <laughs> with the weather in Oklahoma City. You know, a, you don't need to. I'm I'll weather, cover that yeah. for you. <laughs> you tell me what I should be watching. There's so many things that I don't know. Apparently my brain has this big slice out of it for weather. And I need other people to tell me. So we should just all specialize. We should. I will specialize in Netflix and binge watching shows. And you will cover us on the weather. And I'll alert you if you're binge watching that you maybe need to go to the basement. (laughs) Because there is a... Megan, turn off Netflix and go downstairs. (laughs) There's an F4 tornado headed towards you, Megan. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I could keep talking forever, as can you, I'm sure. We could do this all day. But we are going to have to go ahead and wrap it up. We yep. have reached the end of our time for today, but really, Kelly, I am so looking forward to getting to have you on here on a regular basis. Looking forward to the Kelly shows. Um, you know, we, you and I have talked about, and, and I've talked about too in the intro of this show, that a big part of our um, uh, show is going to be answering listener questions. Do you feel like there's, and I'm really putting you on the spot at this moment, but do you feel like there's certain categories that you can really speak to? I mean, weather, obviously, oh, but, obviously. <laughs> obviously, but other sort of general categories that you really do like to um, speak to or that, that people could sort of direct their questions, like their Kelly questions um, oh, wow. towards I would say the things that interest me. Mm-hmm. So maybe those are the things just because I've lived my life with these interests, you yes. know, are food. I love to talk about okay. food. Right. I obviously do love to talk about weather, but, you know, I love social media. Ooh, okay, I love mm-hmm. teenagers. Yes. Um, so I'm kind of excited to have a real one in my house yes. now and see how that goes parenting because I know how to relate to them as a youth leader, but right. now I'm, a, I'm the mom. Yes. Yeah. So that um, I... I love to talk about child rearing in general okay. Um, because I've done it for a lot of my life. Yes. So I don't Many by years. any means think that I have like the lock answer on anything, but all of those things and just relationships like we've talked about personality right. things I yes. think are so interesting yeah. when you factor that into how to get along with people. So really 
you know, I think that's part of the ENFP magic. I could talk yes. about anything and be really happy about it. Yes, me too. Awesome. And that's why I think our this podcast, you and I, has gone the longest of all of them so far. I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> I love it. That's... It, it won't happen all the time. I will try to uh, be I don't know. not loquacious. Let's don't make promises we can't keep. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'll go with that. Okay. So I'm going to let you go ahead and go and get back to your day, but thank you so much for taking time to sit down and get our first episode done. We are, yeah, we have lots of shows to come where we're going to be rocking that ENFP magic. So, yep. Okay. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. you later. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on Sorta Awesome. You can find Kelly around the web or on her blog at lovewellblog.com. She's on Twitter and Instagram as at Kelly at lovewell. Just as a reminder, you can head on over to sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com for today's show notes, which include pictures and links from today's discussion. While you're there, click on the Ask Us link to submit your questions for us to answer in an upcoming episode. You can follow the Tumblr for updates on the show or sign up for the mailing list at tinyletter.com slash sorta awesome. I have to give a shout out to the band Prager for allowing us to use the song Strut for our in and out music. You can find out more about Prager's nasty beats and pretty chords at pragermusic.com. I'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.